0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Good evening. This is Baseball is Good. My name is Corey Englehart and I am the host. I am calling in. This is the 23rd episode. And um, my guest this evening is somebody that I've never talked to in person or even over the phone. So I'm interested to have the chance to have this opportunity and, and talk some, maybe mostly baseball, but maybe some other things and and. Just have a a fun time with this. Um, before anything else, uh, I, well, I'll bring him on, my guest, and then and then we'll get started. And I have a funny story to tell before we we get started with the show, but I'm going to bring him on and we'll go from there. One moment. Hello, are you there? I'm here. Uh, so, uh, your name is Zach. Zach, uh, can you introduce yourself to the the four people that are listening potentially, maybe more? We'll see.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sure, yeah. So my name is uh, Zach Friesen. I'm a lifelong Twins fan, Uh, bled Twins blue and and red for as long as I can remember. And uh, so is my family, all from Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, I graduated from the University of Minnesota. I'm actually a trombone player. Um, but,
1: but, yeah, mostly baseball, more and more in baseball. Cool. So, yeah, we, we quote-unquote met just through talking about the Twins and talking about baseball. And, and part of the reason I wanted to bring that up is because I, I think day-by-day um, day social media has uh, – it's interesting how – the world runs now based on social media, but there's a lot of good things that can come out of it too. And if you have a a like or an interest of some kind, you can meet people from all over the world that have similar interests that you wouldn't have the opportunity to meet otherwise. And I, I appreciate that. And that's, that's how we started chatting at least more than anything. And then I'm happy that we could have this time to, to use the, the podcast medium to say hello and, and get to know each other a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, strange things come from Twitter, and then a lot of really good things come from it too. So, uh, it, and this is just, this is one of the good things. It's been cool seeing somebody else who is, uh, you know, just uh, asking questions and throwing ideas out there about the twins and, mm-hmm. and what they think. And uh, so it's been it's been good conversing with you just through that. It's uh, it's a pretty cool opportunity.
1: Sure. Well, be, before we do anything else, what is your Twitter handle if people want to connect with you and i'll I'll post it when i when I post the episode later tonight, but what is your Twitter handle in case people want to chat with you or ask you questions about um anything that's on their mind
2: sure yeah so my my twitter handle is at z underscore freezing f r i e s e n so uh, happy to talk baseball or anything with with anybody on there uh i'm open i'm friendly <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, that's what I found. I can second that. If people didn't know, I can second that. <laughs> that opinion. <laughs> so that's good. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I guess. I guess before we get into anything else, I was going to, um, just kind of get your sense, what you, how you view social media, and maybe what you use it for outside of just talking baseball. Is there, is there other, are there other purposes that you try to go with social media? or is it a way to uh check news or updates on things or are there specific reasons that you choose to use Twitter, Facebook, other things? I know people have different reasons for using them or not using them I, I guess I'm just curious.
2: Yeah, you know, it's it depends on the medium. So so Facebook is definitely to keep track of all my friends and family uh so that, you know, maybe it'll take me a phone call or something. Uh so, uh, so I just update on Facebook and then everybody sees and knows what's going on uh and then Twitter is more of i would say research based for me, so I do just a lot of baseball research on there for fantasy teams, but just for interest purely um and then I do get my get some news from uh from Twitter uh always cautious about that, but i do I do go on there when something happens, I go on there to see uh what what exactly happened uh oh why is this person uh trending on twitter that's usually not a good thing uh so so that's basically what I use it for and then it it has spawned into a, a place to 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 meet a few people and uh and talk talk personal interests with with other other people that you never would have met before so
1: sure that, I guess that's kind of how I use it too i i I typically have um Just when I'm at work during the day, I have uh, Twitter up in the background, and I'm not necessarily sitting on it the entire day, but sometimes I just need maybe a two-minute mental break between work that I'm doing just to uh, not think about work for a little bit. And it's nice for a uh, refresher in that sense, except on days when there's not good news, which happens (laughs) fairly often too, however you view the world. But, yeah, it's kind of that way where – um, it is absolutely the fastest news source, even if some of it's not the the best news, or even if it's
0: <laughs> right. news
1: that you can trust that is news or not. But it's, it's interesting in that sense where it's sort of like uh, uh, there was a person I had on the podcast a few weeks ago now who she said um, it's kind of like one large email text chain between friends and people you've never met before it it kind of feels like that it does
2: it does and uh you know it's it's also it's kind of a camaraderie thing too because everybody can be watching uh watching the game whether it's a twins playoff game or something but uh but everybody Mm -hmm. can be watching it and sort of it's like you're all in the same room watching it at the same time and you know so it's 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 like I'm watching it with the with the beat writers or with uh friends that I've never met or with friends you know, friends and family who are in different states or whatever. So it's a it's a nice like everybody's at, at the bar watching the game or something, you know, it's it's really cool. Yeah.
1: No, that's that's the positive thing with social media for me and then there's other things that I wish I part of me sometimes wishes I could, um Turn off all internet and just go move to a cabin far, far away from <laughs> yeah. every bit of civilization too. There's a little bit of that as well, but um I guess if we're living in this society together, we should know what's going on at least to a certain extent.
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually have a list uh of so I'll do all all baseball is a list and so if I'm just not wanting to see the world I will just go look at all the all the baseball people that I follow and, uh, and stick to that or I have like a, a, a science one that has like National Geographic and pictures of animals in the wild and science discoveries and things like that and it just uh, keeps me positive and keeps me away from you know the evils that are happening in the world at whatever moment
1: yeah no that's a good that's a good point and I know like for me to be able to go I just remember watching years ago to Ken Burns baseball documentary and how baseball in a lot of sense for me too when something really terrible happens it is kind of a nice escape from uh, thinking or, or dealing with reality at least for a few minutes here and there and it's nice to have that option just to talk about things that maybe in the grand scheme of things don't really matter but it can be a way to connect with others and and have that small talk and and not think about world issues for a little while uh, right. and have a common bond right. with people that you might not have a relationship otherwise, depending on um, other factors like religion or politics or things that you might never agree with somebody yeah. on anything. And then you can but you can talk about weather and you can talk about baseball and those are. Those are things that I think can bring people together from different different walks of yeah. life, which is good.
2: Those are usually the safe things, although you know, baseball Twitter can get a little crazy too. So uh, anything is, can get crazy, yeah, can, I guess.
0: Yeah, you
1: can you can be a fan of baseball and completely see it differently than somebody else who's the same game or the that's same right. player, and that's kind of a refreshing way to look at it. I think in some ways too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Well, yeah, before uh, before I ask more questions, I just wanted to tell a funny story, So, all well, funny, um, terrible. Uh, my So <laughs> last night, I was ready to put my kids to bed. My kids are almost three years old. They have twin boys. And I noticed that the cat, we have a cat and um, a dog. And the cat, uh, long story short, the cat's now wearing a cone because he had a uh, burst something – cyst something or other and it's not a lot of fun just going to the vet and sitting there for a long time but the funny story out of all of that is um we have to give the cat pills and he's wearing the cone for the next the cone of shame for the next week to 10 days for the cyst (laughs) part to heal but the vet when I was there last night at about 7 or so p.m. 7 to 8 or so um they were saying how we have to give the pill twice a day and just crush it up in the food. And that's no problem. But, um, a couple of times a day, maybe three times a day, even hold like a, a warm water washcloth or compress or something on the cyst area for maybe 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> and I, 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 I just looked at the vet and I said, have you ever had a cat before? <laughs> like, I, I don't know how I'm going to get my cat who has claws, to be able to sit and allow me to hold a compress against it anywhere for more than about four seconds before losing more blood in my arm than I would like to admit, <laughs> I guess more than right. anything. Right. So I, don't, I don't know if you've had animals or had to deliver Pills or anything to a uh, animal that's about ten pounds before, but they 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 usually don't appreciate it very much.
2: <laughs> no, no, I have two I have two dogs and uh, they've been sick before to the point where I had to uh, we had to go into the vet and they they said well. The animal's not gonna get the dog's not gonna get any better unless you make them take their medicine. And I was like, "Well, she's not taking it. What do you want me to do?" So he opens her throat and he jams a pill, <laughs> a pill down her down her throat. And I can I cannot see his elbow because it's uh, down my dog's throat. Uh, and I was like, "Okay, that's how you do it." Sure. All right. Well, isn't isn't dog parenting fun? You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, do I just bring the dog back here every time to do that? Or do you expect someone yeah, else am I do this? to do Cause... that? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Lord. That's kind of what I felt like. Like, yeah, good luck getting anyone to hold a, wet, a warm watch yeah. against the kids. Yeah. yeah. So that's my life for the next week or so, I guess. But it is what it is.
2: Yeah. We do lots of crazy <laughs> things for our pets, for sure.
1: Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I um, I guess to get started, Zach, you um, tell me about yourself. Where Where are you from? You said you your family's from Minnesota. Did you grow up in Minnesota?
2: Kinda, not really. Uh, so I was there for about three or three or four years, and my family has, was all from Minnesota um, generations before. And then when I was about three or four years old, we moved out to California. And so just okay. up and picked everything up and moved to to the San Francisco Bay Area, and then I spent oh, nice. most of my life most of my life growing up there. Uh, and and then I was uh, after I had finished my degree in in trombone performance at University of the Pacific uh, in Stockton, California, which probably nobody's probably heard of, but um, but I Yeah, no, there it's a beautiful area. At, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a great campus. Uh, so, so then I was auditioning for grad schools to go get my master's in trombone. Uh, and, uh, and I, I've always wanted to go back to Minnesota uh, because I, it was like, I never left. I was more obsessed with Minnesota things and it was more a part of me than the rest of my family, even though they spent most of their life there. Um, so I'm, you know, listening to watching, listening whatever I can to any Twins game or anything about it. I, I, Subscribed to uh, newspapers uh, about Minnesota, you know the the trip and things like that uh, online, and so um, so I did all that in Minnesota, and then I decided to come out to I'm probably the only person that decided to go to their grad school their graduate school based on uh, the close proximity of the baseball team. So I I went <laughs> to the University of Minnesota so that I could go to more Twins games um cool. instead of just when they came out to oakland and and so uh so that that first semester was um was the 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 first tigers uh, or the second tigers uh, game went and I was actually okay. at that game uh and so that was that was pretty that was pretty fun but yeah that 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 semester i probably went to uh i don't know twenty twenty baseball games at the at the end of the season there it was just the tickets were cheap and that was still at the, still at the Metrodome. So, um, so I just kept going because bleacher seats were like five bucks and it was just so electric being there because the the twins were, were catching, catching the tigers and it was just, it was so much fun. It was so electric being around there. I'm one of the few people that actually loves the Metrodome. Uh, It's one of my favorite places to be, (laughs) even though it's not there anymore. Um, but uh but yeah so that it's just Kirby Puckett is my hero always was he was the hero of all of my family and uh my uncle actually sold him a car and uh and oh, cool. as a as a car salesman so uh so we have that tie but uh but yeah so it's just always always been the twins i've always been a, a twins fanatic whether far away or close by uh So, um, so that's, that's just, that's just me. I can't stop reading about the twins. I can't stop talking to people about the twins, whether they want me to or not. And, uh, and so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I have, I have some family in the, in the San Francisco Bay area, some that just recently moved out there and others that have been there for many years. And uh, I guess, um, my my first question is you're you're the you're the first person i've ever talked to that has gone to master's school for uh for trombone specifically and um what what got you into the trombone like i i, I played percussion i had a lot of i have a lot of family that did piano and other things um some that have sure. music degrees i'm just curious what what drew you to the trombone when you were um <laughs> deciding on degrees or deciding on what you, what you wanted to go to college for?
2: Yeah, well, it, so it was, it was middle school. I, my dad was a trombone player and his dad before him was a trombone player and, uh, cool. and his dad before him was a trombone player. So I'm a uh, fourth generation trombone player. And each one of them was uh, with, uh, I would say more increasing seriousness in. So one of them uh, just played it in church and then the next one passed it on to his son who played it in school and at church. And then who then passed it on to my dad, who was a, a hotshot trombone player in Marshall, Minnesota. Um, and, uh, and so he, so he was incredible. And he toured in the, the, the USA high school band and they toured all over the world and, um, and then when it got to be, uh, when I was in seventh grade, my dad just randomly asked me one time, he said, Hey, would you, do you want to learn trombone? Uh, and I said, uh, well, I don't have any reason to say no. So yes, I would. Uh, and so he, he taught me, he taught me one note, uh, which was, he taught me how to play a B flat and then sent me off to school and I had to go to bands. And just everything was, came so naturally to me. It was, it was so easy for me. Everybody else was trying to figure, figure out what the notes and what this meant and how do they, how do they do this? And I just, I never, it was just so natural. I just naturally did it. Uh, And it made sense to me. And so uh, it it was just a lot of fun and I got really good at it. And I just, I'm crazy in that I like to practice. Uh, So I, I just enjoyed it, so I kept kept doing it and kept getting better, and uh, eventually I, I, I knew in high school uh, that I was going to be a trombone player, and so I used to cut classes in high school, so I maybe went to chemistry four times, uh, and all the rest of the times, I snuck into the band room to practice during chemistry. So, um, my band director couldn't get, couldn't get too mad at me because I was practicing, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but, yeah, I knew then that, you know, this was just too much fun. I, it, the, the challenge of it, physical and mental and, and, yeah. uh, getting to, getting to emote and, and express yourself through an instrument just really spoke to me and was, I, uh, and I was good at it and I enjoyed it. So if you're good at something and you enjoy it, then keep going, um, so so that's so then I, I went and got my degree and uh I I have no regrets. I've played professionally, uh, all over Chicago and Minnesota and uh and all over San Francisco and all throughout California. So uh so it it's good. It's it's fun. So I took it a step further. He was hot shot in high school and uh and I took it further and I'm a professional drum player.
1: That's awesome. That's really cool. So when you say, I, I guess I'm just curious, when you say professional trombone, like, what does that entail? Like, what is your day like?
2: <laughs> so I get I get paid to play trombone, whether that's in, in orchestra or in a okay. musical or in church or, you know, just – people play me to come play trombone for them or play trombone with other people who uh, have instruments. So, uh, so I'm mostly freelance. So I will play with, um, with professional symphonies. I played with a uh, a big band in Tahoe uh, before where we just played at different casinos uh-huh. around there. And that was really fun. Um, and uh, you know, musicals, jazz bands, big bands, things like that. Uh, and they, they just uh, pay me to come in there and play with them, and then usually I stay with them for a while if they if they have an opening. And and so yeah, so there's an amount of practice that goes into it. Uh, but then yeah, but then it's mostly just gigging at night. So I have a day job that I do that is not tromboning because
0: okay, no matter how
2: good you are at trombone, it doesn't uh, people don't like to pay you a whole lot of money to play trombone. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, I'll take so your I'll, word
1: for I'll, that i, don't, I really I'll don't know
2: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh it's yeah, you, you can imagine, nobody really wants. Uh, to pay you money to do that um but um but yeah so i will i will practice uh practice each day and then usually i'll have gigs at night sometimes uh just just depends you know around around the holidays you get a lot more gigs uh and playing in ballets and and choirs and things like that um but uh but yeah, so I I practice on my lunches. Uh I work from home. So I practice on my lunches and before work sometimes and uh and then we'll go off and do a gig at night.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I'm I outside of this I, I, I could almost ask you a billion other questions and I know this is technically <laughs> a baseball podcast. The I guess the one last question I had about this is um have you had the opportunity to play trombone at a sporting event or a baseball game before?
2: I have but not invited. <laughs> does okay. that does that make sense? Uh so no one has yeah. uh brought me there to to play. I've uh I've always wanted to play the national anthem uh at at baseball games before but I never I just n- never made it happen, but I have brought my trombone because I go to, whether they're minor league baseball games or, or baseball games at the University of the Pacific, I would bring my trombone and I would sit out in the grass uh, and practice out there while they're playing, sure. which I don't sure. know if they enjoyed that or not, but I did it. Uh, so, uh, two, sure. two My two favorite things, playing trombone and watching baseball, what, what could be better? Um, so I would do. So I would do that. I've, uh, my trombone has actually been inside the the Metrodome before, and I I did practice okay. in the Metrodome after after a golfer's uh, tournament that that was happening there. So um, yeah, but yeah, nobody's ever nobody's ever brought me there to uh, to to pay me to do it or to to play anything officially. But I played in like uh, Dixie and bands and and uh, pep bands at, at baseball games before.
1: Cool. Yeah, I, 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 my mind is sort of just going. It's not really a comparison, <laughs> but the
2: uh,
1: Cleveland. There's the fan in Cleveland that's done it for twenty, twenty five years that brings the large drum to the game and just plays right. in the 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 large bass drum the entire game basically. And I'm I'm just trying to think yeah. like, is there a way that you as a Twins fan could <laughs> be the, the, the trombone player? out in left field somewhere just for, for the fans to get excited. And I don't know if that's a possibility, but I'm I'm thinking that'd be something that you would be up for if they were to bring it up to you, I would imagine.
2: I absolutely would be up for it. I don't know how much the fans would be up for it, uh, but but I'd be willing to try.
1: Yeah. Maybe we can get some, some hashtags. Trending somewhere along the line, like <laughs> yeah. brings back to trombone. I, I'm I'm not good at building <laughs> hashtags, but something along those lines, where maybe you could be at a spring training game or something and try it out and see how it goes.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so so there's um, uh, actually one of my trombone teachers used to used to go to the local minor league team in Wichita. And uh him and his buddies would go out there and they would uh they would play Dixieland music, uh, you know, like from the from the twenties and stuff and
0: um Yeah. And
2: they would play Dixieland music out there and they would get paid in beer. And uh and so by the by the eighth or ninth inning they just they had no idea what they were playing. They were just all playing because <laughs> they were they had been They drink so much beer, and so uh, so I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to do that too. I never got never got to the point where I was getting paid in beer, but uh, but I'd like to (laughs) for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there there are worse ways to get paid and worse types of ways (laughs) to get paid. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, I would imagine if you, because so I've had some guests on my podcast in the past talking about um, amateur and town ball and wood bat leagues in and around Minnesota. I would would imagine that California has some of that too. And um, outside of minor league affiliated baseball where you'd have to pay to get into a ticket, I would think um, a high school game or or a town ball game (laughs) of some time would be a good way to practice to get your foot in the door and just see like if the 100 fans or 50 fans that are there accept it compared to what yeah. twenty, thirty, forty thousand fans would be if you get that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah, you know, uh in California they had the Sonoma the Sonoma Stompers, which is where um
0: yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I can't think of her I can't think of her name right now, but they have they have several female players there in, in Sonoma and that's where uh that's where uh, ben Lindbergh and and Sam Miller from uh, baseball Perspective mm-hmm. baseball perspective Pus- Cus- yeah, effectively was- wild podcast that's, that book. that's that's where they did it with uh, it's uh, yeah the only rule is it has to work
1: yep oh yeah that was I, a good I, I, I believe that it. my... it's been a while I just couldn't remember the name of the book yeah that was that was a fun one
2: yeah so that's the Sonoma Stompers that they did so I probably could have that that would have been my chance was uh, was to to do it at a at a Sonoma game because they're pretty much up for anything so.
1: Sure. Well, if if you're back in Minnesota at some point in the next year or two, I would love to try to help help get you to find <laughs> your dream. I guess. <laughs>
2: yeah, it would be great. I I need to just I need to I need to give up and just audition for one of the uh, for for the twins. They usually do it in the off season uh, to do the the mm-hmm. national anthem before the game. Uh, so I just need to finally record it and send it over and, and hope for the best and finally get to play the national anthem for them.
1: Well, yeah. Do you have a tape ready to go to send? I say tape. That's not really the right <laughs> term anymore, but um, do you have like a recording ready to go to send or would it be something you would do if you knew that you could get into the,
2: um, yeah, it would be, test? it
1: would be something where I,
2: they so they do auditions for it and so they usually announce it uh gosh i don't remember it's it's usually in the off season they announce it and say now it's happening audition so so then i would just uh play it and record it and send a send a audio recording you know i just I have a microphone attachment to my to my phone for recording trombone things, and uh, and then I can just use the voice recorder on the voice recorder app on the on the iPhone and send it over to them. And that's that's usually how that's done.
1: Cool. Well, when you do that, good luck. I I, I wish you the best <laughs> Thank luck.
2: Thank you. I'm really motivated to do it now after talking with you about this.
1: Good. I'm glad I could help. I'm glad I could help with that <laughs> then. <time. laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, all right. So I will um, – we can talk about baseball too. This is a baseball podcast. Yay! So the four the, for people that started listening, maybe there's two still listening. But um, <laughs> I, I, I like to ask people on the show, why baseball? That's the general question I like to make, make sure I ask everyone on the show. What, what got you into loving baseball? You said Kirby Puckett was – your and everyone in your family's favorite player but was there a moment or or um a game or something that happened that really drew you into loving the sport when you were little or or at a certain point
2: it was just you know uh i have an i have an older brother uh and he sort of is when I was a kid and all throughout my life. And even now he's kind of like the greatest person that I've, that I've ever met. And so I wanted to do everything that he was interested in. I wanted to be interested in. And, and <laughs> so, uh, so he was just a huge, huge baseball fan just from, you know, the twins games were on and the the family would watch it. And, uh, but he sort of took it to the, took it to the next level of just understanding uh, the smaller the smaller parts of the game and um, and and things like that so so I really got it from him and and we would uh just the act of playing catch is is one of my favorite things. Uh, And I, uh, my brother is uh, still in in San Francisco and I'm out here in Indianapolis. So, uh, so I don't get to, I don't get to play catch with, with with him anymore, but, uh, but it's just the act of, of holding a baseball and the laces and, and, uh, and all of that is, is so, so uh, addicting to me. And then watching, watching it happen in the intricacies of, of the smaller things that nobody half the stadium who's watching it maybe don't pick up on you know some of those smaller things that's what that's what really drew me in uh from once uh, once he got me especially interested in it and and so yeah it's, it's kind of the tactile things that, about it and then the the smaller details uh that that keep me here.
1: Sure. Well, was it your brother that you, you remember playing catch with first? Like, was he the one that introduced you to even catch? Like, getting a glove and that sort yeah. of thing? Or, or those what those think, are your memories? I think from so, when
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, my, my dad would, uh, would play too. Uh, he was always, um, he had a, he had a catcher's mitt, and I remember we, uh, okay. when we played catch, it was, he always had a catcher's mitt, and that was, that was weird and it had a really cool snap to it. And, uh, it mm-hmm. was, it was so much fun. And then, you know, my brother and I would, uh, would play, you know, we used to live in a cul-de-sac and, and we would play and he would pitch to me and I would use that catcher's mitt and, um, and, and he would pitch and he didn't know where it was going. You know, he would <laughs> sometimes he would, he would try to throw a fork ball and, uh, and it, you know, it gets it gets past me. And, Bounces off the curb and you know hits me in the hits me in the backside. Um, you know that was <laughs> those are good times. I love that. <laughs> it was uh-huh. it was so much fun. I'd give anything to to go back and do that some more. You
1: know. No doubt. Yeah. I, I I try to think like, I would. Um. I know absolutely. I'm I'm 36, and I know absolutely I would not want to relive and replay moments that happened when I was in junior high and high school. Like I don't want to go back there. I don't want to replay that. It's not a time I remember fondly in that sense, but I, I do miss the one thing I miss is being able to play catch or run or hit or things like that. And not, um, not wake up the next morning in, in pain that I'm just, you you learn to live with as you get older, I guess, more than anything. (laughs) Recovery. That's the one thing I miss, I guess, more than anything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The recovery time. Yeah. 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 It's so funny because I I would play catch all day long. I couldn't, I I love playing catch. If actually playing baseball, I played like one year of little league and I kind of hated it. I, I did not. I, I did not like playing actual baseball. I mostly only like playing kets.
1: Sure. <laughs> well yeah, it's a it is a connection with the person you're playing with. It's something that you can do with somebody maybe that you're close with or maybe that you've never met before. It's just something that you can do together yeah. and that's that's it it does leave a mark on you if you remember a specific person playing catch. Like for me, one of my, my dad, my grandpa, and a cousin of mine were the three people I played catch with the most growing up. And I, I just, I'm, I don't know that I'm closer to those people or were closer to them because of playing catch, but it was a bond and a thing to do together that um, other people yeah. didn't have, I guess, more than anything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Other, other friends or family was, that we didn't do together. It was just a different activity to do together, and it was nice for that.
2: Yeah, I mean we would, we would go out there and play catch and talk about talk about the twins, talk about what we what we thought they should do, what they what they need to do and uh, and, uh what's wrong with this person and how are they going <laughs> to, you know, uh I'll just uh, sit there play catch and talk about baseball, you know. It I nothing better. Nothing better.
1: Sure. Well, yeah, so a uh, friend of mine um named Brandon Warren put a thing out on Twitter the other day that I, I wanted to ask your opinion on, too, where um, from playing baseball or, or just playing catch, like you said, was there a moment or a first thing that you remember doing as far as copying a mannerism of a of a player, uh, <laughs> of a specific professional player from when you were young? Is there a type of way that you threw the ball or or caught the ball or swung a bat? Um, based on seeing a a player do that do you remember something along those lines
2: oh yeah yeah we did that a lot you know we, you uh you tried to throw a pitch like uh juan Marichal or you tried to um uh it was no mo time while, you know mm-hmm. around the time that that, oh, yeah. we were, that we were were uh playing catch all the time it was it was Nomo, and so you're trying to to copy Hideo Nomo, and and you know you can't, uh, but but you try to. no one uh, can, yeah. And then <laughs> and, and then the 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 one I remember the most is that as far as batting stances, uh, goes is is trying to copy Julio Franco, um, where 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 he has the bat uh, like over his head but then almost touching mm-hmm. his shoulder and it it yeah, he just looked ridiculous trying to copy it. But he kinda looked ridiculous but he did it for, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> he was forty five when he when he stopped playing? Yeah. So it worked.
1: Yeah, it worked for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I I was trying to think too, just for me. I I, I loved Griffey. Um but I, I'm yeah. a right I was a I'm right-handed, so I couldn't do it exactly like either, but I certainly tried. But then Kirby stands with his, his leg kick and that sort of thing. And yeah. now I did Chuck Knoblock, or tried to, as far <laughs> as his thing, but he was so bent over in the, in the weird crouch that he did that it wasn't yep. the easiest to make it work. But,
0: yeah, it was just it was fun to think about that, because that was
1: a big thing for me playing. Um, with tennis balls or with with baseballs as a kid, just uh, when you saw neighborhood friends or or cousins or other family um, drafting teams of players and trying to hit or throw or run like they did, it was, it was part of the fun for me growing <laughs> up. I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the fun of it. There were and there were there were great people to to emulate back then. Like, I mean, it was it was Nomo mania. It was, it was everybody was copying Nomo.
1: Sure. Yeah, and I uh, some other I know there were other players that I tried to pitch like, because I was more of a pitcher. I wasn't a great hitter, but I, for the longest time I could throw kinda hard. And
0: yeah. Kevin
1: Brown was another person that I tried to, to throw like <laughs> because of thinker. But I, I couldn't throw a thinker, I just I thought it looked cool and Roger mm-hmm. Clemens mm-hmm. I always liked, but Darren when I was trying to throw, I wanted to be like Darren Dreifert because his leg kick was kind <laughs> of like Dreifert. Nolan Ryan, but just not the same. Yeah. So I know I tried yeah. that name too, and I maybe could have picked a different player, but he also signed a huge contract at the time. So for a little while, I thought that was really cool. He He's doing something, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it works for him. Yeah, sort of. Kind of.
2: Mm-hmm. Enough, to get that, <laughs> enough to get a contract,
1: yeah. Yeah, a huge deal. So something worked. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, um, I guess outside of that, you you've have, and we've kind of talked about it a little bit on on Twitter. You you've said you have some um, thoughts on what you believe the Twins should do this off season. Um, maybe as far as like a blueprint goes for how you would drop what they would do this off season or that sort of thing. And I was curious your yeah. your thoughts on, it, on both what you think they will do and. Um, if it's different, what you would do if you were potentially in charge of, if you if you were Derek Falvey, I guess, if you were or not Derek Falvey, uh, Thad Levine, if you were in charge of yeah. player moves, what you would do, and then if it's different, what you think they would do, I guess. I I wanted to get your thoughts on that.
2: Sure. Yeah. I actually, uh, I I just finally sat down a, a a week ago or so and actually wrote an article about it because I was reading all these uh, reading all these things that, that people were posting. And, and I, I, I've always, even though I'm a trombone player, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a GM, uh, and, <laughs> uh, and I wanted to trade people and I wanted, you know, <laughs> um, so, uh, so I sort of am all right. So one quick that. question,
1: um, be- yeah? before you go on, I have one quick question. Cause I was, I was sort of that way too. Was there, um, like hardball three and hardball five on the PC a lot just to build rosters? Was there was yeah. there a median that you used at that time? Video game or computer or spreadsheet or baseball cards? Was there a time that you uh... Yeah.
2: So there was uh there was Hardball Three for me that I that I played on the computer, and I went through probably 10 years later, uh, and and went and updated all of the players. Uh, so I remember having um, I created Jason Worth on there when he was in, uh an in Orioles prospect. Um and and so I had updated all of the rosters. There was basically nobody left from from Hardball Three and I went and updated all of the rosters to what they were and so I created all those players and added in their stats and so that was one of them. And then uh Junior baseball for the Super Nintendo, you know, they had all those fake names on there and you could go in and rename sure. them. So I would I would take that as a challenge and I would go through each and every um, each and every one and try to do it from memory and try to, you know, pick out what was it? Nineteen ninety four uh Chicago yeah. White Sox or you know, with Lance Johnson leading off and uh, you know, and so I would so I would go through and do that and I would you know, I would make teams out of my baseball cards. I was just always, always, always making teams. And and uh, and, dra- <laughs> and, and uh, drafting and, and trading and doing all that stuff always.
1: So yeah, you basically had the same uh, few years of childhood that I did. That sounds pretty exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was crazy. I mean, Hardball Three was with so much fun, and then I would just sim everything. So yeah, I, yeah. I remember that I I made uh, Jason Worth one year had like a 63 home run season or, or something. And <laughs> it was it was just the player I I create. I, you know, it was just somebody I created. He wasn't on the game then, of course it was way before him. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I remember swimming and he had like a 63 home run season and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And, and then, you know, <laughs> he didn't really get good for another four or five years. And, uh, and mm-hmm. so, you know, the the Phillies and all that, but, uh, but yeah, I, I have such fond memories of those times.
1: Agreed. And I, I sort of wish I could have that time, um, in the day back, I guess. I don't know that I would necessarily (laughs) be able to put the same amount of effort into it in in, as much as I remember doing at the time, but I would love to try. I would love to take the time and just for the personal um, satisfaction of it all to be able to say like, hey, the names were all fake and all the stats were off, all the ratings were off, but I made that how (laughs) I believe the team should look (laughs) and we're going to go with that and sim for a while and just see how it goes. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was endlessly fun, endlessly fun. Uh, I I love, I love those times. And and now, I mean, the closest thing, the closest thing for me is uh, fantasy baseball. So I'm in a, I'm in a dynasty league uh, that I, that I play and uh and we get pretty intense with it. We have spreadsheets and we have winter meetings and we you know everybody has minor leagues and you can call them up under only certain circumstances and it It gets pretty complex, and I spend probably way too much time uh doing that <laughs> uh and especially if you ask my wife um you know i'm I'm getting text messages at two a m uh from from people who are wanting to do trades and uh, and and so we 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 have a good time with it. So I guess that's the closest that we uh, that that I have right now that compares.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah, the fantasy baseball I'm involved with is nowhere near as in depth. There's no minor leagues, that sort of thing. That sounds like a blast. Okay. I'm a little bit jealous, I guess, more than anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we so we we create our own we create our own rules and we we handle most of it offline because Yahoo can't. Can't do that kind of thing um sure and so so we so i just ma- i just manage i create spreadsheets and everybody has a Google doc that they go into and they can they can update it and uh yeah it's it's pretty intense and uh and it worked out good so i I'm a trade as i told you i'm a i am ai trade i trade a lot so yeah. over the past three <laughs> years I've traded over seventy five times each year okay. for the past three year, for the past three years. So it's seventy five trades in, in, in one fantasy baseball season and I did it three years in a row. So um so I like to trade a lot. Uh it's it's just fun. I like the negotiating. It's it's fun. It's a good time.
1: That's awesome. Well I apologize. I totally interrupted <laughs> your, your train of thought for what oh, yeah. the twins would do, but I I really wanted to be nostalgic for a minute there. I guess one of the
2: I'm, I'm glad you did. That was that was great. Uh, so well, so I was I'm I'm reading these uh, these things about what the twins sh- should do and what the twins mostly what the twins absolutely will not do. You know, you can give up. They're not gonna sign this person. They're not gonna do that. And I just I don't know. I I'm always thinking about that. And I just I think especially right now we just can't say that. You know, the data points that we have from from the Terry Ryan years don't really apply to the, the and Levine uh, data, you know, tenure. So so if you, if you, if you look at it that way, and we, we've shown success and you see teams like, uh, like the Astros and the Dodgers who have, who have sustainably built these things. uh, And we have something that looks kind of similar in some ways to, to what they have. We have a great, positional players that have shown potential and then from that potential they've shown success now, Uh, whether it's, you know, the second half of of the last two years for Byron Buxton or whether it's, um, you know, Max Kepler had a great year last year. And then this year was, you know, they've they've all shown some sort of uh, propensity to have success and not just potential. So since you have those position players, I think we really need to focus on the pitching, of course. And it's just such a unique opportunity. I can just see the pieces of the puzzle moving to the point where I, I really want to see uh, Falvey and Levine go after go after Shohei Otani, who is the Japanese uh, the Japanese pitcher who's, you know, supposed to be Babe Ruth, and he's uh, hopefully coming over uh, from from Japan. They're still working out some of the details there, but we have the bonus money, um, and you know, if we can get Otani. He's young, 23 years old, just like uh, Jose Barrios. So two year old uh, starting pitchers who could both potentially be, you know, well, Otani's more of an ace-like uh, potential, um, and Barrios, you know, he's he's shown it for sure. Uh, but then if you get Otani, then why not go get Yu Darvish? And Yu Darvish was his was Otani's mentor in Japan, and he's always he's always tried to emulate uh, what what. Yu Darvish has done and they're actually, uh, they're actually friends. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, why don't you, why don't, why don't we put the two of those together and say, Hey, you uh, Darvish, you should sign with us because we're going to sign Shohei Otani and, uh, and vice versa. Why don't you guys come together? Uh, I mean, he's sort of a lower key guy. Uh, Shohei Otani is from what I've read. Mm-hmm. So so I don't see him necessarily wanting to go to the New York Yankees, which everybody assumes like, okay, he's going to the Dodgers or he's going to the Yankees because they have all the money. Um, And it's like, well, we actually have room to, 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 to pay for things. And besides right now, it's not even really a money thing because of the, because of the post, the international posting system. But, um, but, so I want to bring both of those, both of them in and uh, bring them into Minnesota. And of course, I'm sure everybody wants to, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, that preposterous to, to think about. We can bring in Darvish. We can bring in Otani. And then uh, look at that rotation. We have Urban Santana and we have Jose Barrios and Kyle Gibson had a great second half uh, of, of last year. And then you add two, two an aces and a potential ace on top of that. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. this you you piece that together with all these position players who are young. And Darvish is 30, I believe, 31. Uh, so, so you still got 31. plenty of good years out of him. Yeah, 31. You yeah. still got plenty of years uh, to come out of him. And so, use it. We've already shown that we can make the playoffs with kind of an okay, not very good <laughs> pitching staff. So, you have the pieces in place to go get Otani and Darvish. And if you can get one, it's a heck of a lot easier to convince the other one to come. So it's just, it's a, it's a unique opportunity here. And, uh, and I, and I think they should, I think they should capitalize on it. I don't, I don't, I know people want them to go after, you know, the second tier, which is what the, all the twins always do. Go, go after, don't, don't get the, don't get the highest one, go for the middle one. That's more attainable. But I say, forget that. That's, that's Terry Ryan's uh, tenure. This is, this is Salvi and Levine, but go, go get it, make your statement. Uh, you'll, that'll set us up for pretty good sustained success over the next couple of years, you know? So those are just two sure. pieces that, uh, that I was, that I was wanting them to do. And uh, you know, the other thing with Otani is that we need a, we need a DH too, right? Uh, so yeah. he, he, he is a hit. He, he does hit. He's the best hitter in, in uh, Japan the last two years. Uh, so why not let him DH? And if you're willing to let him DH, that's all the more reason for him to come, you know. I think uh who was it? I, I can't remember. They just had that interview that um with uh MLB Network where he said, Well if he comes here he can do whatever the heck he wants to uh yes, if he comes to Minnesota, we'll let him do it.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, he, he said, We'll let him do whatever the heck he wants to and I think that's unique. Are the Yankees gonna let him DH? Probably not. Um, you know, so so he should come here and, uh, and 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 uh, we'll let we'll let him DH. We'll uh, have him pitch, you know. And it's it's lower key in Minnesota. It's not not so much attention uh, that that he would get in one of the larger marketplaces like Los Angeles or New York. So. There's just so many things uh, falling into place that could just really be the the piece that we need to to elevate ourselves and 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 put put the twins in a uh, in a seat at the big boy table, you know.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, man, I, getting either of those two would be uh, organizational changing, I think, in in a lot of sense. And yeah. getting both of them would just be um more um, to me more than amazing than anything it would feel like now now is the time um if they're getting both of them or or some other moves even too and it just even just talking about it feels feels wrong like i i, I shouldn't dream that <laughs> way but it would be certainly an interesting offseason and and one to get excited about um going into next year plus like you say just for Roster management having a guy who can pitch one to two times a week and d h the other three four times a week would be that'd be so flexible for the rest of the roster um if he is yeah. able to do both of both hit and pitch like that's just unheard of in in recent like um recent history ever since. I mean, Babe Ruth did it for a while until he just went to hitting, but
0: if if you
1: could find somebody that could do both, then you have a much more flexible bullpen and a flexible bench to be able to have somebody that does both. You can mix and match a lot easier throughout the season for however your series look. That would just just be outstanding, I think, in a lot of ways. (laughs)
2: yeah it's such such an advantage when people are when when teams are looking for that any advantage that they possibly can and uh and and I just I would have so much fun with that and you know the other thing is is you know when you're bringing somebody over uh from japan they pitch uh they pitch once a week uh like once every mm-hmm. seven days instead of once every five days well he wouldn't necessarily have to transition the first year to uh, pitching, you know, maybe twice a week or once every five days, just let him DH uh, those other days and have him pitch every seventh day and, and save his arm. And I don't, you know, maybe you cut away from that, that transition that you, you have to go from pitching every seven days to pitching every five days. Uh, maybe you don't do that transition. And that takes away from more things that he has to um, get used to when he comes over here. Maybe you just let him pitch every seven every seven days. So um,
1: sure, anyway, I'm kind of makes... with you there. Like I, I feel like if if the Twins were lucky enough to have him agree to come play play for the Twins, I, I almost think he would slot in perfectly at least for year one as the fifth starter because especially early on mm-hmm. in the year, the fifth starter can be flexed or can be passed over with all of the potential rainouts or a lot of other things, it it would be something that you could just plan for urban Santana, you Darvish, somebody else they sign who are veterans that know how to get their body ready to pitch every five days. You know, those players will show up and be able to do every five days where somebody who has never done that before, but has obvious physical talents and, and abilities, um, to be able to learn at their pace and, and, and flourish in the role that they're used to. I think that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I think our, our tendency as twins fans and as Minnesotans is to sort of temper all expectations, temper, 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 mm-hmm. don't, get, don't, don't hope, you know, we can thank the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings for that. Don't hope whatever yep. you do, Absolutely. stop hoping. Um, but but I really <laughs> no think that we <laughs> yes don't do that. Um, uh, but uh, but I really think this is just such a unique opportunity. And you know we we say, um, and I'm still seeing articles out there and people saying things where it's like you can forget it. The Twins are not signing Shohei Otani, and it's like, well, why not? Why why can't they? Why won't they? I think they they want to clearly. Uh, and uh and there's no reason that he wouldn't want to come here so um so I think they they have a they have a shot to make that happen and like I said, because
0: they're they're
2: he's so close with you darvish that uh that bringing them both in is just such a such a unique opportunity, and I think they need to capitalize it and let's not forget that Thad Levine was with the Texas Rangers when they signed uh Hugh Darvish the first time. Uh, so when he first came over, he was he was with the Rangers when that happened. So, uh, so it's he's already done it once. There's no reason to think that just because it's a different organization that hasn't hasn't spent money in the past, won't now after seeing a playoff team uh, with that needs pitching and that here's these two opportunities to bring in two really great young pitchers. You know, so
1: sure. Well,
2: it just, yeah, it I, just I, makes too much sense outside of that. It,
1: it does on paper and, and I think Darvish may be, I don't know if easier is the right term, but Darvish just costs money and he can see a good fit mm-hmm. with an amazing outfield defense led by Buxton. But um, Ohtani, yeah. it's really hard to pinpoint what specifically he's looking for. I mean, if he was looking for just money, he would wait until July of 2019 right. and just sign for $150, $200 million at that point. But how this, the collective bargaining agreement is set up now. It's just he wants to come over now and is going to make pennies, not pennies. He's going to make a few million dollars, $3 million <laughs> now, but right. he could be making a hundred, two hundred million $200 in a couple of years. So he obviously has different reasons for wanting to come over now than um, other people in his shoes would. And there aren't other yeah. people in his shoes. That's why it's so, so unique. But um, right. it's curious to think what he – why he's choosing to come over now, and, and it's uh, there's not really a definitive, there's not a lot of quotes from him saying, I want to come over because of this, 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 so it's a lot of just guessing on our part as right. to what he's looking for, and if he's looking for a team that has a young core and he can bat and pitch, the Twins are right there along with maybe the arguably the Yankees yeah. and, and maybe the Red Sox. There are a few other teams, but if he's looking for a team that's not necessarily a huge market, the Twins I I have to imagine would be fairly popular in his, in his camp.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you can, if you can bring in Darvish because they were, they are friends, you know, that's, that's something that would be enticing over, over money is, Oh, Mm -hmm. let me go where, where my friend goes and he can mentor me again who's somebody who's helped me get where I am. Let me go there and and mentor with him to to make the transition to to the United States and major league baseball uh, a little less scary. you know you'll have somebody right there who's done it before who who can help you with that so um, i don't know I just see the planets aligning uh, uh for <laughs> for something like this to happen so uh so i'm I'm excited about it I'm trying not to get way <laughs> too excited about it but i'm but I'm also thinking like why this is your chance. This is your chance to bring in. There's no other way that we're going to be able to bring in two aces without giving up prospects. Um, Sure. And they're all about, they're all about the depth and it's, it's really just only money. So, um, so for the once in however long spend money, spend it.
1: (laughs) Agreed. Well, so I, uh, this hour has gone quickly. Um, I wanted to ask your, your quick thoughts on how, Maybe a couple quick thoughts on how you would, um, how you would tackle the bullpen to fix it if you think it needs fixing, which I, I think it does. But I wanted to see your thoughts, and then mm-hmm. and then we'll end the show soon after that.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, so the in that article I was talking about, which I uh, I I reached out to some people to see what they thought, and they told me to post it on Twins Daily. So maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you uh, should. But. Yeah so the the third step of that was to was to trade for uh Rice L. Iglesias, which was uh, which was this great thought that I had and, and I was like, Oh this is this is this could happen and then sure enough, you know, three days later I think uh uh Morosi, JP Morosi tweeted out that the twins had inquired about Rice Al with the with the Cincinnati Reds and I was like, Well, they read my article somehow, even though I haven't <laughs> sent it out to anybody. Um so uh, so, so that's I would love to get somebody like that who's cost controlled, who is, mm. uh, you know, is that combination like some of the twins are showing of super high potential and and is young and has also shown success, and uh, and so I I mean that's a bit more of a pipe dream because what do you give up? So um, yeah. so I I would love to have him go over there. I am. I am reticent to, uh, you know, on what we would have to give up. So, so I, I do like the the other route of, you know, all what's just set aside starting pitching, but there are some names out there that I do like in the bullpen. I like Brandon Morrow. Uh, I know he's, I know people say, well, he's, He's never this is his first season that he hasn't been hurt and it's like, Well, all pitchers mm-hmm. are hurt so um so so go Pretty spend the money on talent. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's what I that's what I do in fantasy baseball too. It's like, Well, all pitchers are hurt, so just go buy talent and hope it works out for the best. Um Yeah. And so I love I love his stuff. I I do like uh Brian Shaw, uh, from from the Indians. He's he's great. I know he's, he's stable. He's very stable. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so I'm, I'm willing to spend money on him. I don't really like the idea of bringing in Wade Davis or Greg Holland. I, I if I'm going to spend money, I don't want to spend money on that. Really. I, I would. Sure. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's too tricky. It's too tricky with, with co- expensive closers like that. Sure. Well, yeah, those so that's
1: kind of my thought as far as what I would do for the bullpen, as far as I would look to sign one reliever to a multi-year deal and, um, Mm -hmm. attempt to trade for somebody that has uh, multiple years of control, be it, be it Iglesias Mm -hmm. or I know the, the reports show that the twins have talked to Tampa Bay about Alex Colomay or maybe, um, my, my other pipe dream thought out of those two, other than those two would be, uh, possibly be Roberto Asuna of the Blue Jays, or maybe Mm, uh, going back to talking about Brad Hand from San Diego, somebody along those lines to trade prospects for, but then it depends on what they would want from prospects for the Twins. So getting somebody along those lines to trade for and then signing a Brian Shaw, Addison Reed, Jake McGee, Tony Watson, Juan Nicasio, there's a number of players that yeah. would look really good in the bullpen too. So I, I kind of feel like they could sign and they could trade for options that would benefit the back end of the bullpen. And that would, that would help everyone as far as moving everyone down a rung as far as um, yeah. just how and much I do, and high I do think they, they have to deal with.
2: Yes. Yes. And I do think they should, I do think they should, this is the time to do that. Don't, don't, Count on, don't count on the people. That you, don't count on all these people. Matt Belisle, although we'd have to find Matt Belisle again, but don't count on those people. Yeah, have them be surplus. Yeah, don't sure. expect anything from 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 those guys do. Don't expect anything from them. And then when when they do well again, then it, it it's helpful. But plan for nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and that's how that's how you get depth. That's how you get success. So I know Brad Hand is a is a native Minnesotan, so we got that going for us. But I remember in the um, at, at the trade deadline, I remember they were asking, they wanted, you know, a Rolldis Chapman and Ken Giles prices for Brad Hand, and uh, I do like him, but I do worry about emptying the system for 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 somebody like that. It's 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 tricky.
1: Well, and and Brad Hand now, just comparing to what Ken Giles took back. Brad Henn now has two years left of control and he's still mm-hmm. really a good pitcher. He is. I'm, I'm not doubting that, but Brad uh, Ken Giles had five years of control when he was traded and that's, that's really yeah. valuable where Brad Henn now has two years left and
0: not saying he's <laughs> not
1: still a really good pitcher, but he shouldn't because of how, controllable he is he just should not cost as much as what he did when he had four years left or three years left even at the deadline this year two and a half years he theoretically would be cheaper so he'd be somebody that you might not have to give up three top prospects for anymore because he only has two years left. but that's it's still up to the general manager of san diego to make that call and um right he is somebody that yeah. also worked with Fad Levine for a long time, so maybe it's something that Levine could call up yeah. and say, "Hey, we used to we used to work together. Let's make something happen." Who knows? But yeah,
2: that's we'll a good call.
1: <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, yeah. I've gone over the hour. I've gone over the amount of time I've I've told you that I would love <laughs> to share from you tonight. But I guess before before we end the show, I wanted to say thanks for coming on and just ask one more time that you maybe say who you are and how people can contact you with questions, I guess through Twitter or Facebook or however modem you want to pass along.
2: Sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm just your, your average uh, diehard Minnesota (laughs) Twins fan, happy to, uh, and I'm a professional trombone player. So if people have questions about trombone, I, I will answer those too. But my, my Twitter handle is at the underscore Friesen. That's F, R I E S E N and I'd be happy to talk to anybody on there. Uh make make some more friends. It's been really great talking to you, Corey. I appreciate you uh yeah, reaching out to me and, and, and conversing. This was great.
1: Yeah, this has been fun. I I I had honestly when I started the podcast months ago I, I had no expectations of what would happen. I just wanted to start it to be able to have an opportunity to meet and talk with different people maybe about baseball, maybe about other things and, and, and shows like this meeting you and talking to you. It's it's exactly what I think I was trying to hope for, I guess, more than anything. It's, awesome. It was really fun to chat with you. So I I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you having me on here. And uh, this is uh, looking forward to talking more twins uh, on, on Twitter and uh, thanks so much, Corey. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, everybody, um, I guess to close it out, Corey Englehart and I hope you had a good time listening. Have a good night.
2: Good night.